When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Thursday. We've got an absolutely stellar guest. But before I introduce today's guest, big man, how you doing? Good. It's Thursday. It's almost the weekend. Never flex on Thursday. Never flex on Thursday. See? And you can one day, very soon, buy (laughs) this hoodie. It's like this. It's like the carrot on the stick, isn't it? It's just a little bit in front of you all the time, and you just can't get hold of it. Everyone knows it's the same one. It's like uniform. Every it's coming. Every show it's coming. I wear it. It's good luck, and also because you got it for me as Christmas present. Okay, both valid reasons, and I'll take them both. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's do today's guest. So he's a writer for Fighting Chance Fantasy and co-host of the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast. It's Brian Drake. Brian, welcome to Five Yard Rush, buddy. How you doing? I'm great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. This is really cool. I'm, I'm proud to be here. I've seen a lot of the other guests you've had, and I, when he, I was asked, I'm like, oh my god, I might must. It either must be the off season and it's really dead, or uh, we're doing something good over here. But I really appreciate uh, you guys getting me on here. I'm excited to talk a little fantasy here as we head into the weekend. Definitely. Well, it, it's definitely the latter. It's been planned to get you on for quite a while, especially as you you co-host with Dwayne, and we're massive Dwayne fans as well, and. Uh, as I've said time and time again on this podcast, I'm a massive fan of your podcast. Uh, I try and talk about it as often as I can and, and promote it. And I, I don't just sort of say that because you're on. I genuinely mean it. It's um, just love what you guys do um, and be a massive fan. And, and you, you and Dwayne have such great chemistry. It's just a, it's a fun hour and a bit listening to to you guys talk every every Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. Although it's Thanks. been a few weeks, so you're coming back this week. Am I am I right? We are actually. Uh, I'll be recording with Dwayne later on tonight as I'm, I'm here in New York uh, in the States. Uh, so we'll be recording that later on tonight. And it, it's funny because he's in Texas, I'm in New York. So we're like time zones apart and 
Uh, I've actually never met Dwayne in person. So uh, we do the whole show just over, over the, uh, you know, the internet. And that's kind of how we met. I'm sure we'll get into all that, but yeah, thanks guys. And it, I'm always amazed when guys tell me we had a, a super high stakes fantasy guy, Chad Schroeder on who wins hundreds of thousands of dollars a year playing fantasy. They told us the same thing. He goes, Oh, I love your show. Uh, I love what you guys do. And it just really blew me away that people dig what we do and appreciate the information we give out. So that was really cool to hear. And I, I'm real thankful for all the help you guys give us. Oh, no, it's, it's honestly pleasure. And, you know, you guys are, are putting it out there. Love, obviously, the utilization report. Just love the way that you guys just break it down. And you, you just offer something different because you talk about usage and, and it's it's going beyond pick up this player off the waiver wire because mm-hmm. they're in a good situation this week. There are 10, 20 other podcasts that can tell you the same thing. And I'm I know, sure. we, I mean, we, we do a short in-season 10-minute waiver wire podcast. We used to do it in our main show and then actually it got to the point that's just blitz it 10 minutes on a monday out it goes well, bam, thank you man yeah and people if they want wave of wire info it's a dedicated podcast it's 10 minutes you get your info you're done um i think every podcast seems to focus on that part because it is an important part of the game but you guys go above and beyond and and get me thinking and deliver the information one so i understand it which is good but actually in quite a <laughs> bite-sized thing i always take my notebook and think i write down about seven to 12 things every episode and think right i need to look into that explore that a bit more and Dwayne's kind enough to share info with me as well i, I dm him and say oh can you just expand on that a little bit so uh no digging it although i do have to say over christmas you had your philadelphia eagle uh christmas tree up and was a little bit yes. missed it and Dwayne broke the no hat rule yeah really that was kind of our our niche in the market was we found that every fantasy football podcast that you watch or, or see anywhere, everyone's wearing a backwards hat. And the funny yeah, part was, is because Brian when, is straight up pointing at me, by yeah, the way, he should, do. he should point at you. So what we would do is we said early on in the season last year, I would come home from work during the day, kind of as I am right now. And I would record the show with Dwayne. And so he's at his house, I'm at my house, and we're just in work clothes. So we didn't have hats on. And it just kind of became a thing like, we're the only podcast without hats. Uh, but then we recorded a show at 10 o'clock at night, uh, which we used to always do. And he had one on, and now we're just like everyone else. So our, our uniqueness is gone. Thanks a lot, Dwayne. I called him out on it, though. I did say, <laughs> I did say, what happened to the no hat rule? Uh, that should not be a rule. It's a good niche. But you did have your Philadelphia Eagles. Christmas tree, so I will get on to a minute while you support uh, Philadelphia. But as uh, <laughs> someone who attended the last game in the vet, you know, let's just say Buccaneers and Eagles fans, you know, there's no, there's no love lost after that early 2000s rivalry. I, I can't believe they lost that game now, thinking back to it. Oh, that, being an Eagles fan is tough. Well, it was tough. You have a Super Bowl, you can't complain anymore. But I became an Eagles fan because growing up in upstate New York, everyone around here is either a Buffalo Bills fan or a Giants fan. Nobody really cares about the Jets. And I hated Phil Simms with a passion. So as a kid, I was saying, who is the anti-Phil Simms? And on television, I would see this flashy new quarterback, very Lamar Jackson-like nowadays, and it was Randall Cunningham. And he was fantastic, and their defense was in your face, and they had Buddy Ryan as a coach, and you know they had Bounty Gate, and they were hurting players, and it was it was fantastic. And I go, this is my team, the anti Giants, the anti Phil Sims, and I 
became an Eagles fan, not realizing how excruciating that would be for the next 20 years or so. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, two years ago, we finally, we got our Super Bowl and uh, all is right with the world. And now we can just bitch and complain like everyone else waiting for the next one, uh, which hopefully comes next year. Well, yeah, fingers crossed. I, I somewhat share your sentiments on Phil Sims. I had the, should we call it, displeasure of having to watch Chris Sims as a quarterback in Tampa. <laughs> it luckily didn't last long. He's a good he's, analyst now, though. So he's, he's a top he's, analyst. He's a better analyst than he's quarterback. We'll leave it at that. For sure. <laughs> Ryan, I, I have two questions. Uh, sure. My first one is, so if you're not watching on the YouTube channel, you should be, but over Brian's right shoulder is a ginormous golden trophy. What's that for? Oh, that is the trophy, which is the winner of the Alcoholic Haze Fantasy Football League which is a bunch of my fraternity brothers uh, from college. And we still play in the league. I'm the commissioner. If you know anything about me, I'm an organizer. I love to bring people together. I run a charity kickball tournament for one of my friends who's passed away. And I organized basketball that my friends and I play. And when we had a softball team, I was the, basically the team mom. So for some reason, we have a, a huge wrestling championship belt that we give to the winner also. This trophy over here has everyone's name every year you've won it. But the guys who've won it recently uh, live out of town, and they just don't want it. They're like, yeah, just send me the belt. You can keep the trophy at your house. <laughs> like, oh, great. My, the trophy just kind of sits here, and it looks good in the background. The trophy I won this year in that league is sitting in front of me here, and it is a bronze toilet for being the consolation bracket champion, which I will proudly say I have now won back-to-back years. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say humble brag. I've got two trophies, but if one's a consolation bracket, I won't. So, so wait, it's a toilet because you won the consolation bracket, not because you came last. No, I, yes, I won the consolation bracket. It Really, it came about last year because I was in the consolation bracket and I said, the hell with this. I run the league. We need to play for something. Yeah. So I went to a little trophy store and I got a nice trophy and it says King of the Losers, consolation bracket champion, and it's a toilet. And then I won it last year and then coming through – this year, I missed the playoffs uh, the final week of the season, and somehow my team ran the table and, and won it again. So, you know, if you're going to play, play for something, have fun, and win a trophy. 100%. Love that. Yeah. Back-to-back toilet bowl winners. Let's call it what it is. It's a, it's a toilet trophy. Yeah. We'll take it. Love it. So, and then my second question, Brian, obviously you uh, living in the States, have you ever bought anything off Pristine Auction? I had, I've seen a ton of really cool stuff on there. Uniforms, uh, you know, uniforms, geez, listen to me. Uh, jerseys, autographs. I've got some cool stuff back here. I've got a Chuck Bednarik autograph. I've got Carson Wentz autographs. I've got uh, Brandon Graham stricking, uh, stripping Tom Brady over here. So I'm all for that stuff. I've heard it. They have a really cool site and a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, they do. The only trouble for us over here is that the taxes and shipping is absolutely brutal. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like I, we gave away a Deontay Foreman Houston Texans jersey that uh, we got off of Christine Auction and it cost more to pay the taxes and ship it. In fact, wow. it, it, it was two thirds of it was shipping and taxes. One third was the shirt. <laughs> you, you, should, you should get them to sponsor a segment on the show with the Beatles tax man underneath it. <laughs> well, Brian, talking of that, we do actually have a sponsor of today's segment and that's helmethouse.co.uk. They're based here in England. So we can get helmets from them, autographed, all legit, but without the shipping. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so head over to helmethouse.co.uk. 
and use the code five yard rush for five percent off your purchase right brian let's get into how you got into football and talking about fantasy so I got into, I was a writer by trade and a radio guy. When I was in high school, I loved journalism. And when I got into college, I went to school and I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I was doing play-by-play for our college basketball team and whatever else we could have on the air. There was hockey, there was lacrosse. And I was hosting a lot of sports talk shows, including one on pro wrestling, which I did for four consecutive years because wrestling was so popular back then. Uh, I've actually been to multiple WrestleManias and that's a whole nother uh, podcast but awesome. uh, yeah I got into the sports talk but then when I got out of school I realized you can't make any money being a sports broadcast host so I got into radio sales and I was doing advertising and that sucked but I always had this itch in the back of my mind of like I gotta get back into that it's what I went to school for it's my passion and my real job is I'm in sales I work as a I was a beer wholesaler for a while now I'm a liquor and wine sales rep But once this all took off with fantasy, I was big on getting into Twitter and I ran into Ryan Hallam and the guys from Fighting Chance Fantasy. And I was always interacting with them. And they said, hey, man, you know, why don't you come and do this mock draft with us? Similar to what you guys do. And I got in. He liked my comments. He thought, hey, man, you're you're into this. And I was just talking to him on the side. And he said, you know, we're a site. We're all about helping guys out. And you want to come in and write for us? I said, absolutely. So I started writing for FightingChanceFantasy.com, Ryan Hallam. Steve Rappin, two amazing guys. I, myself, and even Dwayne, they gave us a platform when really nobody else would. And they were like, here, go do whatever you want. You want to have a show? You want to write a comp- Write about whatever you want? Have a show about whatever you want? I mean, they pay our show now that gets really good downloads. Like, they pay to host the site. So we're forever indebted to those uh, two guys over at Fighting Chance. Uh, and being a radio nerd, I went out and I had to buy a MacBook and I had to buy like the, the nice microphone and the stand and the, the headphones because I didn't want any you know, cheap stuff. So we got into starting to do the podcast and it's interesting how I met Dwayne. He was a guy on Twitter and I always try to be active on Twitter. I'm at Drake Fantasy if you want to follow me. And I saw this guy writing all this great content and I'm like, who the hell is this kid? And why kid? He's a year too older than I am. Dwayne and I are both, I'm going to be 40 this year. He's like 41, 42. So we're kind of like, we're aging out of the fantasy game, it seems. There is absolutely no way you're going to be 40 this year. Yeah, man. August 20th, 1980. Have you seen this so, dude? Yeah, yeah. He is box fresh. <laughs> yeah, man. Seriously. Uh, so I, I go to him. And at this point, Dwayne has about 200 followers. And he's putting out all these kind of like analytical data. And I'm like, hey, dude. You know, I'm doing this podcast. I'm just starting it up for this website. Like, would you want to come on and talk about this stuff? Because who else am I going to get? I'm nobody. I'm just starting a show. Nobody knows who the hell I am. He's like, yeah, I'll come on. We go. We do our first show. God knows whatever we talked about. And the guys from Fighting Chance were like, dude, that was really good. Uh, And lo and behold, we kind of get rolling. And and Dwayne makes some contacts. He's got uh, Matt Waldman and Sigmund Bloom, those guys from Football Guys. And he starts writing for them. And our show slowly starts taking off, taking off. And God bless Dwayne. And I would be nowhere without him. And I am so lucky to be strapped to the rocket ship that is Dwayne McFarlane. And anywhere the show goes is, is because of him and his talents. Um, and I, I will tell him that on air, off air, it doesn't matter. And he now got signed to work with EstablishTheRun.com and Evan Silva. So a guy that I found with 200 followers two years ago now has, I think, 14,000. And is putting out, and is getting paid to put out content 
left and right. And he, you know, is one of the hottest names in the fantasy industry. So really cool. I'm grateful that he stuck with me because he has for sure had opportunities to go and do other things uh, with much better people than myself, but he has uh, hung on with me and I'm, like I said, grateful. And we're going to bring this thing into a a new space this year. We're going to be into Twitch. We're going to be on Instagram. We're growing the YouTube channel. Same kind of stuff you guys are doing because I think the video element of podcasting and fantasy football content is that's where 2020 and beyond is going. It's not just, hey, I'm going to listen to a podcast on my headphones. It's, I'm going to watch the video. And hey, what if we can get Dwayne's utilization reports as a part of this show and people can actually see our waiver recommendations and they can break down the charts that he's got. So that's kind of a peek under the hood of what we're going to do for 2020. And I'm excited. And it's only going to grow from here. And who knows? Maybe we'll make a couple of bucks doing it. My wife would appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I really listened intently to what you're saying. Although one thing I'm going to point out is I think you, you've sold yourself a little short there. I mean, um, we're big fans of Dwayne. Dwayne's been on the show a couple of times. We mm-hmm. eliminated him from the Scott Fishbowl. Turn up. Um, oh, <laughs> this year that's how we met we met we were in the same scott fishbowl i listened to that show when you guys were talking smack about it yeah yeah well i mean he did beat us in the regular season but then we finished it was weird we finished as the top scorers with a six and six record so wow. go, work, go work that one and like 200 points clear it wasn't like we squeaked it we were like nailed on with a week to go that we were in barring some major beat my team's ass. my team was awful yeah it, it was a weird it was a weird whole thing, the Scott Fishbowl. We, we sort of just about over it, Raheem Mostert and all that. Um, oh, man. But um, the one thing I think is, like I said, you sell yourself short because I, I listened to your show, said it already, and um, everyone should check out your show and, and what you're doing because it is brilliant. And I think you get the best out of Dwayne because it's your relationship. You can tell that you guys spend a lot of time talking and it's the way that you guys present it and you break it down into easily digestible information. I think that's the, that's the key. And, you know, Dwayne is, is a, is a, as you say, he's a top guy. He shares information with us. He's been really helpful with some of our development and things that we do, but, but so have you in, 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 you know, what you guys do and promotions and everything. So don't sell yourself short. Cause you're, uh, you're just there on merit right, right next to him. Oh, thank you guys. Uh, this is something maybe you guys could uh, relate to as someone starting a podcast and we're going into, this will be our third. Oh my God. It's been our third year doing this together. uh, Third season. And it's really finding your voice. There's a lot of guys in the industry that I look up to and do great shows. I love John Hansen from the former fantasy guru.com and, and and Sigmund Bloom and Bob Harris and guys like that. Uh, Big fan of, but in terms of hosting a podcast, I love, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like uh, Mike Dempsey, who does a show on Sirius XM or Paul, uh, Paul Kelly, and they're real radio guys. And they kind of just, they're teeing you up and they're letting their analyst hit out of the park. And that's kind of what I want to do, but I don't want to be somebody else. I don't want to come on the show and try to act like I'm, I'm playing radio guy. Uh, I think so many people in this industry, that's what they do. They come on and they hear other shows and they just kind of regurgitate what they've heard on those shows. And it's just, Hey, look, I'm playing fantasy podcaster today. So really trying to find my voice over these three years has been a challenge and it evolves every day is, you know, trying to find different angles to, to bring to the show and how can I pick Dwayne's brain about certain things and have my own opinions too, because it's not just, 
you know, one guy's opinion. It's I, I can write articles. That's what I've done in the past. Uh, I want to make sure that it's a, it's a collaborative team effort and we're getting the most out of each other for the listener. And it's not just garbage stuff that you could find, you know, on any old, uh, any old podcast. So I don't know if you guys have come across that kind of thing of like trying to find your niche, especially where you guys are in the UK. It's like you and I, Brian, are almost exactly the same person. You know, I was producing the podcast with my buddy who had to give up. And then I was like, well, I need somebody who knows their stuff now. So I turned to Murph and he was like, yeah, I'd love to come on board. And Mm -hmm. I'm literally hanging on to Murph's coattails because (laughs) listen, man, it's fine. But I'm the sort of Murph is, is the knowledgeable, more knowledgeable one of us, I would say. And, and I, 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 I'm a bit more jovial and I, I laugh more than I talk, I imagine, but we try to find our place rather than like you say, regurgitate stuff that we mm-hmm. listen to on podcasts or read. We, we want to provide our own take on that information and then you can go and do what you want to do with it. Yeah. And I, I think, I think with that, it's, it's slightly different coming at it from the UK because we try not to build a show just for the UK, but we emphasize it for UK. So our whole thing is building a community. We know, and have been lucky enough to meet or speak to or be introduced to a ton of people who uh, were playing silly uh, NFL.com random leagues because they didn't have eight friends, nine friends, to, or, even or, friends. or even five friends to, mm-hmm. to play fantasy football with. So our big thing is we'll host as many listener leagues as we need to do so that everybody has an engaging and exciting league. They're all free or charity based we don't do any cash prizes because we want people just to uh, absorb the game learn the game we want it to be an easy point of entry just to meet other people who are just getting into the game or knowledgeable about the game whatever it is um last year we had 11 listener leagues this year i think it will be wow. 20 20 plus we have a team in each one stocks and i share it um <sighs> Yeah. I think our our place, and, and this is a question I ask every single day, and I'm similar to you, Brian. I, I work in sales. I do technology sales. Um, so, and you know, being a salesperson with a target, it's about planning how you get to target. But more importantly, it's about why they buy from you and not from mm-hmm. some other Joe. So it's about standing out what you do. And I think part of it is to be who you are, as you say, because you you probably know the expression people buy from people. Mm-hmm. People listen because of us. We we've we we have seen that when we bought temporary guest hosts in. We did uh, a staff show which was successful, but the numbers still weren't quite the same as our regular show because certainly and, and yeah, and, and some of the <laughs> feedback was that people missed us. They missed us being on the show, sort of thing. Sure, and sure. I think people buy from people. I think that's the first thing is you got to be yourself and be unique and. and and different and the rest mm-hmm. is find out why you're doing it and if as long as you mm-hmm. every episode meets that expectation of why you're doing this and why the podcast exists then nothing else matters the rest of it will all come um so we just we do this because we want to meet people we want to build a nice community we want to get to know it plus to be honest i get to ask uh, guys in the industry who people I've been listening to or reading their work for years and I get them to come on. So it's actually just a giant con to, <laughs> to, to meet some of my heroes as well. So that tends to, that tends to help. So it's all those things that I think that's the whole thing. If, if you can believe in why you're doing it and realizing that, Hey, you're not going to make 
a lot of money doing this. Mm-hmm. So you've got to love it and you've got to enjoy it and you know why you do it every week. And Stocks and I text each other every Tuesday, although ironically we, we didn't this week, and say it's the best day of the week because for both of us it's still sort of one day of the week we can sort of take away the shackles of everyday life and <laughs> mm-hmm. family life and just, yeah, geek out and talk football uh, with no... Lie. we talk football 24 7 yeah but i mean in person and in you yeah, know yeah, and just sure. you know it all builds up to that day so i think that's that for us is is it so i guess that's why we do what we do and any advice i would pass on would be would be that yeah i, I you know we have our show notes here which is funny because Dwayne and i actually don't do show notes with each other we've gotten to the point where we we have a topic like with today's show that we're doing i kind of just have my notes here that of like what we're starting to do. And, you know, so I know the topic for tonight's show. He knows the topic for tonight's show. And then I, when we turn the mics on, it's kind of like, all right, I'm just going to throw a player at you and you're just going to start talking about it. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's fun that way. But we, I know we wanted to talk about advice we would give other people getting into this industry. And really what I would say to those guys, if you're trying to start tomorrow and say, I want to join fantasy football, uh, podcast community and start a show number one know that beginning nobody's going to listen and that's okay you're going to mess up you're going to say um a lot you're going to find yourself at times where you're like what what am i supposed to say and that's cool just be engaging be yourself have a regular conversation don't try to be someone you're not and growing the show is because people are enjoying listening to your conversation and your topics that's really, to me, would be uh, number one, uh, what to do. Have fun and engaging topics. You can't just say, like, all right, here's, let's talk about Dak Prescott all day. Like, okay, well, let's come up with something fun uh, and have good equipment. That's, you guys wouldn't believe the amount of, I mean, stars in this industry, if I can use that term, who have garbage equipment and they sound terrible, they look terrible. And you're like, dude, you're, you're like one of the five guys actually making money in this industry. Like, get a real <laughs> microphone. Come on. What are we doing here? You can't rent a radio station for an hour each week or buy a $100 microphone. Come on. So, yeah, have good equipment, people. Please. Joey, you don't need a $100 pound microphone. There are, there are still some really good microphones at like half that cost. And I appreciate sure. the, the cost. You know, the rest of this, you know, it's everything's free except the equipment you can post it for free on mm-hmm. uh anchor and you can you can Oops. use audacity for free software editing and you can teach yourself or watch youtube videos or whatever so the only money you need to spend is the equipment part and you can start with something that's good not you know studio quality but mm-hmm. good enough to eliminate 95 percent of the static and background to where it's listable and then yeah you just improve that as you kick that desire to continue to do it because you might do five of these 10 of these and decide i don't want to do this anymore and and that's Mm -hmm. okay many podcasts quit after Mm -hmm. 10 or 12 episodes and that's because you realize that actually you don't have things to say or Mm -hmm. it's not much fun or it's a lot more work than you thought it was yeah that's (laughs) the most common one isn't it is yeah i did two this year uh during the week and man it was brutal because your whole week People think, oh, hey, you know, you just turn the mic on and you go. I was doing, so here was my week uh, during the NFL season. So Tuesdays, Dwayne and I would record our uh, hustle show. So 
basically Tuesday is I would come home during the work day, record the show with him. Then I have to edit it down, uh, you know, whatever we have to do to get it up onto the site. Wednesday, then I would be doing a DFS show for another site. And so now I have to do all this DFS data. My kids are like gymnastics during the day and I'm on like PFF and different sites, like trying to figure out like content questions for the host of that show. Thursday was kind of a break, but you had a game to watch. Friday, I would be writing uh, two little articles for Fighting Chance. Saturday, I had a DFS article, like a cheat sheet that would come out for this uh, Discord chat company, DFS headquarters, on Saturdays. And that took a ton of time. And then uh, Sundays, the games are on. And Monday, so it's, it's a vicious cycle that never stops. I remember when the season kind of ended fantasy-wise, around Christmas time, Dwayne and I looked at each other. We're like, we need a break. (laughs) We got to stop. Like we want to jump off a bridge at this point. It's just so much football. Uh, So I think this year I'm going to scale it back and and only do the hustle show. That makes sense. It is a, it is a grind. And I guess that, that one of the best bits of advice I got was I did a show with, uh, the, uh, Spitty from sleeper. You, um, who does his shows mostly on Instagram. Mm. And he, um, he was saying, you know, the biggest thing is when you decide to commit to a project or a channel, don't, don't, don't go halfway in, you know, go, go all in on it. Um, And don't overstretch was basically his message. So that's something that uh, I guess the salesperson in me is I'm always overly ambitious. Um, Sure. Docs has to rein me in sometimes. The like, smidge, yeah. I mean, I I did lumber him in with the editing of the the draft uh, podcast, which took, loved it. Yeah, I mean, it took hours um, to do because it is ambitious. But I hope the reward pays off. But sometimes we talk and we go, it's just probably too ambitious, and and rein it in. So I think if if people understand when you do this, it's okay to you know commit. You're going to need to commit more time than you think, but don't overreach. You don't. You're not opening espn tomorrow mm-hmm. um start small and just nail that if it's one topic nail that if it's one aspect of it just nail that don't overreach too quickly don't try and do 20 things because you'll you'll fail and it will be demoralizing and as you say the amount of work and research you have to do on all those different aspects you'll just burn out and mm-hmm. you'll stop enjoying it and then you'll stop doing it absolutely you see that from a lot of guys where the, the biggest DFS players out there, a lot of them don't even like football or know much about it. They're just numbers guys. They're like former poker players or nerdy numbers guys who come into it and they go like, oh, I can look at you know, my data and come up with lineups. And you go, okay, well, I'm a guy that watches every single game, so I should be able to do this too. And <laughs> yeah. you fail, but uh, that's DFS for you, which is a whole, a whole nother animal. Yeah, that's a monster I'm not willing to try and tame quite yet, that's for sure. (laughs) So, Brian, 2019, your fantasy season, you know, you've already said you won the consolation bracket in in one league. How did the rest of your season get on? Not well, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, I went out, I was very fortunate to be in a draft at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, called the King's Classic. And I was out there with Mike Taglier from Fantasy Pros and Marcus Grant from NFL.com and uh, guys from Dynasty League Football and all these great guys were in my draft. I was, it was a 14-team league, and I just was not prepared 
for the 14 team aspect of it because all my focus goes to my 12 team home league against my buddies. And I ended up, I think I had like the 13th or 14th pick. I, maybe it was the 13th, I guess. And my first pick, I ended up with um, DeAndre Hopkins. I go, great, 14-team PPR. I'm going to come around Hopkins, and we'll see what comes back. And in the second round, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or what it was. Michael Thomas was still on the board, and I passed on him. <laughs> and Joe Dolan, who you've had on the show, uh, you know, he's a, an acquaintance of mine and Matt Camp. They were doing the show live on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And they come in and they just murder me in the room. I'm like, how did you pass on Michael Thomas? And to be honest, I think I just crossed him up. I thought he was already gone. So it was just an epic fail on my part. And I think I ended up passing on Derrick Henry also in that draft. You weren't you were the only one. Yeah, so I, I couldn't recover from that. And I fought hard when I came home to you know, put a good spin on it. Like, oh, I passed on Michael Thomas. And here's why it's a good idea. And, you know, that's just the salesman in me. And it was total BS because uh, if I would have had Michael Thomas, I would have had a much, much better season. Um, but yeah, I just, I didn't have any teams with Lamar Jackson and you know, it was a down year across the board for wide receivers. Some of the running backs that I like, I like Nick Chubb, but once I got near the end of the season, I started getting Kareem Hunt vulturing a lot of touches from him. So that kind of brought a team or two down. Um, so yeah, it wasn't as great a season and, and I lost out on a big, one league, I ran out of fab money early. I, I shot my load on Ty Johnson because I really needed a running back with carry-on going down, and, and we all know how that went. Uh, so, no, it was not the greatest year for my, my redraft teams. So, 2020, we'll have – of course, two years ago, I won like three leagues. So, it's cyclical. We'll, we'll correct the ship here in 2020 and cash more checks. Yep. Bounce back season is coming. I'm worried about 2020. Why? Because there's no way I'm going to win as many shit. Yeah, but no, your strike rate was ridiculously <laughs> high last year. It was, it was high, but but um, maybe it's always going to be high, Murph. And this is just nah. it's because I invested in RBs everywhere across the board. It might happen again. And I just tanked wide receiver as a position because I just didn't believe in paying for a top wide receiver in most cases, and except for Michael Thomas, that worked out really mm. well. And you see, and I had a, a my this fantasy league I tell you about with all my old college buddies that everyone has a league like that. They just love more than anything. And I would write articles for the league and I kind of did a lessons learned article. And it was every year. It's always the first thing it says draft a running back in the second round, draft a running back. When you think about drafting something else, draft a running back. <laughs> and for some reason, I always stray from that. And it's like, what am I doing? Like just take 58 running backs and you'll find everything else later. Um, except for tight end, which now apparently is a position you need to invest in much sooner to have an advantage. Do you, um, do you think that's true, Brian? I was lucky. I ended up with Darren Waller. I, I, in a lot of leagues, I had Waller. Uh, Jared Cook, I took a lot. Uh, Henry, and then he got hurt, ended up coming back. Even though Waller, I think, ended up as the tight end three in fantasy, there were a lot of weeks where you're getting – six, seven points out of him in a half-point PPR. And you're like, Come on, what is this guy going to do? And I worry with Waller in 2020 that they're going to actually find some weapons because Antonio Brown not being there crushed them. Uh, so they, And then they only had what, Tyrell Williams on the outside, and then he got hurt a little bit. He was kind of the only game in town. So I'm wondering if he's going to be a little overvalued this year in 2020 drafts. 
I have two words for you, Brian, to keep the faith for 2020. Austin Hooper. Yeah, and he could be a free agent, which we're going to talk about on tonight's Fantasy Football Hustle. Um, I don't think so. I think Matt Ryan is going to make sure he goes into the Dimitrioff's office and say, no matter what, bring my boy back. Bring my boy back because he tanked. When Austin Hooper was out of the lineup, Matt Ryan's numbers just took a nosedive. And Guess was... who my quarterback was in that league uh, where I came in consolation championship? Well, Matty Ice. There it is. <laughs> we took him in quite a few places. And yeah, he definitely did take a, a dive. And Austin Hooper was a, a big reason of that because people doubled Julio and then Ridley wasn't getting the same degree of separation he was last year. He did fine, but nothing really to write home about. I mean, Austin Hooper was the tight end one when he went down. Mm-hmm. That's what people forget. You know, he's sure. leading the league as a tight end. And, and when, it comes in, and when it comes into the league this year... It's three games. I, I'm telling you now, looking at ADP data, and looking at everything, he uh, is at is, the moment I'm not happy tight end six, tight end seven off the board. Because people are going to overpay on, on Waller. People mm-hmm. will overpay on Mark Andrews. People will overpay on probably Hunter Henry. And then you're looking at underneath that, and then there'll be a massive tank, and then you'll have this little tier around round seven, round eight where you've got Austin Hooper, and if you miss him, you've got Jared Cook. Those guys are not a massive deficiency on Kelsey and Kettle. I've got this horrendous feeling we're going to be owning a whole load of Hooper next year. (laughs) Here's my question. Why the hell is he still a free agent? If you're the Falcons, and you're kind of in a, a rebuild, I guess. You're saddled with Ryan's contract. There's reports today that Freeman is going to get cut. So Walter Freeman. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, yeah. No. He's getting chopped. So it's like, what are you waiting for? You know, get get this guy signed. What are you gonna let him test the market? But no one's getting signed. I had the same thing. I got a Buccaneers chat and I was speaking to the guys and I was like, I am a little bit concerned. And it's not about Winston, it's about Shaq Barrett. Now, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that Shaq Barrett will be a Buccaneer next year. Buccaneers have the cap room, he's gonna cost them anywhere between sixteen and nineteen million. What a um, find he was. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable steal for, for four million. Um, although we had to pay him out like quite a bit in incentives, but it worked out. Um, and he's not going to produce the same numbers, but that looks like it, that should be done. But no one's releasing major. If you look at it now, we're mid-Feb. No one has really announced a major contract extension. Mm-hmm. You're getting a few guys on the O-line, a couple of safeties that have been re-signed, and a couple of DBs, but no one tier one has been announced well nobody wants to set the market yet correct and i think that's all it is i think people like hooper i think some of the qbs you know if i if i was Jameis winston's agent i'd be racing to tampa and get a deal done before philip turns up well sure i don't think philip rivers is going to go to tampa but every every qb that enters the free agency market winston's number goes south not north because Mm -hmm. there's less there's less demand mm. because it's a sur- it's an economy. Less want because there's more mm-hmm. people that will fill up. Okay, we if we can't agree with you, we'll go get Rivers or we'll go get Brady or Mariota or. And I'm not saying these guys are going to do the job, but eventually it gets to an economic scale. Okay, well we'll take a rookie and we'll just take one of these guys as a bridge. These these guys who are that need to get paid. They need to get their deals done, and no one wants to set the mark. But if I'd, I'd be taking a few million less to get a good deal, then yeah. run the risk of watching your value sink because Derek Henry is available, or and then mm-hmm. Derek Henry doesn't get the money he wants, so they take a 
Melvin Gordon or Devonta Freeman instead because they'll be significantly cheaper. I'm such a fan of the rookie contract. If I were running a team, that is, you know, I would want my quarterback on a rookie deal. I want my running back on a rookie deal. And then I can pay those premier pass rushers and, and a big time corner and my offensive line. Yeah. I look at a Jameis Winston and a guy who was, you know, 33 touchdowns and 30 picks last year. And I go, I'm really going to pay for that. Like, <laughs> can't anybody do that? I mean, is his skill set so unique that nobody else can come in and throw 30 interceptions for my team? Uh, like, I feel like they could go get somebody in the draft. Couldn't they get Justin Herbert to do the same thing for oh, duh, way please. less money? Oh, not Justin Herbert. And literally anyone else but Justin Herbert. <laughs> I do not want to see Justin Herbert in a, in a Tampa jersey. But you know what I mean. Just someone who's not going to cost you $30 million. To, like, he's going to throw a million dollars a pick. The one thing I would say on that is I could do he, that. he did something that only seven other guys has done, and that's throw for 5,000 yards. Right, because they're always behind because he's putting them in, you know, less than advantageous situations, turning the ball over all the time. Yeah, but but I the thing is, what's easier to clean up is the interceptions. It's harder to get a guy going from three thousand eight hundred yards to five thousand yards. It's much easier to get a guy from thirty interceptions to fifteen. And in a new scheme, um, you know, most of those picks came very all right. The last two games of the season were bad. They were bad. There's no getting away from that. But most of his picks came in the first five in a new scheme with a new offense where every QB that's gone in there, Palmer, um, Manning, Luck, all threw a high number of picks in their first years. At the end of the day, the picks don't matter if you're winning. Look at Brett Favre. He threw a ton of picks in his career. It doesn't matter if you win. The margin between victory and defeat for the Buccaneers was less than it was the year before. It was progress made. He had bad games. Like you, the thing sure. is, of those 30, 30 interceptions, five came against Carolina in London. You know, you get a couple <laughs> of three. He had, he had two or three big games you know, that, that were really bad. And then he had some amazing games. Those could get cleaned up. I'd much rather take a guy and try and get his interceptions down and put him on a tag for a year. Anyway, he's had the laser eye surgery, so he's going to be better now. Or worse. <laughs> <laughs> Why know. did it take so long for him to figure out, like, uh, you know, however old Jameis Winston is now, probably, what, 20, 26 or so? 25, say, 26, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, uh, by the way, I can't see anything. Uh, well, if we look to it at Winston and who else is out there, I mean, is, is Rivers really an upgrade? Because he's kind of a turnover machine. He threw 20 last year. Tannehill's obviously not going to go there. Brady's not going to go there. Breeze is either going to stay where he is or retire. Dak's not going anywhere. So to me, it's either uh, they, they're going to bid against themselves to keep Winston or just get a, a rookie in the draft. I mean, where else are they going to go? See, I, I, if I was the front office, I'd, I'd give him a three-year deal with two years of guarantees. And then it, and the way you position it to him is it's basically another prove-it contract. We'll give you some sure. money in the short term. If you go and get us to the playoffs, we'll sign you to a longer extension. And that really would kind of be the Arians. I, I don't know how long his deal was for, but if, if it's three years with Winston and you can't win in those three years, Arians not going to be around after that anyways because he's kind of old himself. So it kind no of would just be a clean sweep right there with a new coach, new QB. Yeah, I don't think Arians wants a rookie QB. He, he is, he's what, 68? He's he's not going to stick around. He, he he did get a five year deal. 
but he's not sticking out for five years. I think he's got two, two years, maybe a third, depending on how close the second year is. So if they tank this next coming year, that's him done. You reckon possibly? I, I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna go and tank. So I don't think he's gonna like the idea of a rookie QB. He might take a rookie QB and take a veteran, but what's in it for? You know, what's in it for him? You know, he didn't come out of it. He had a cushy job in the booth. All right, he didn't overly enjoy it because of all the traveling and everything. But in a pretty cushy business, he didn't have to come out of retirement. So he took it to to do a job. And that was to be in the playoffs and to run a charge. And I'm not saying Winston's the guy that takes you to a Super Bowl, but he's good enough to take you to a playoffs. I still think think that the narrative that he can win the MVP next year. Because if he cuts the INTs in half, keeps the rest of the numbers the same, and the Bucks make the playoffs after a 13-year absence, it'd be hard to give it to anyone else. Look at Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It's all narrative-driven. I look at a lot of these quarterbacks that are out there, and people say, oh, we could get you know, Phil Rivers or a Tannehill. And I get Tannehill and the Titans went to the AFC Championship game, but are you really winning a championship with these guys? You know, I'd rather go get a rookie that you can be your foundation guy. You know, if Joe Burrows, and I don't think he wants to play in Cincinnati, but he or Tua or one of these young guys, I'd rather hitch my wagon to one of them on a few-year cheap deal than say, hey, Philip Rivers, I'm going to give you $25 million, uh, a year nope. for the next two years to come in and just maybe make the playoffs for us. Like, no, the object of the game is to win. Like, not just – maybe for some teams it's not like Cincinnati, but I want to win a championship. I don't want to just – be you know picking 18th every year in the draft yeah I'll, I'll be honest if i was the colts i'm looking at teams that are sort of on the precipice right colts, colts rivers to colts makes sense ah uh, see i if i was the colts i'd go all in for tua you got the picks to me detroit should take tua at three oh. because they they can get out of stafford's contract after this year here's an idea trade stafford to tampa tampa can give him a deal he's the same guy as winston yeah. And he was playing really well last year before that back injury. But why am I going to – if I'm Detroit, you're rarely up this high as any NFL team. You know, you've got a top three pick. And these quarterbacks don't come along every day. So instead of next year, two years from now, having to trade the farm to get up to two and three, you're already there. Just take the guy. Let him sit behind Stafford for a season. Cut Stafford next year. And you can get out without penalty, and then boom! Now here's your new quarterback in Tua. Yeah, that's a good plan. Sorry, uh, Brian, you can't see our man behind the glass, but Lee, uh, that would break your heart, right? <laughs> he's a Dolphins uh, fan. Yeah, yeah, he's nodding. <laughs> oh. He's you're going to see some talk as we get near the NFL draft of this Detroit because they need to spur some incentive for somebody to come get that pick. And there'll be talk of them wanting to take a quarterback. I guarantee it because they have to drive that narrative that. You know, this is a valuable pick, and we could take the QB, and, but you know, whatever they need—a tackle or a corner—who knows? But lots. I think there's, I think there's five teams that could realistically trade up to get a QB. Mm. Miami's the easy one to, mm-hmm. to look at. Don't you dare say it. Carolina. No, that's fine. Atlanta. Really? Matty Ice hasn't got that long left. Chargers. Chargers. Bear. Uh, do the Bears dare go get a quarterback? I, well, they don't have to. They don't have to pick this year. So yeah. I don't think they can enter the race. Tampa could do it. If they decide they're going to move on and get yeah, it, yeah. I see Light, rather than settling for Herbert, I mean, he could try and risk it and trade. 
I think if, if Tampa are going to trade for trade in the draft to get a QB, they will either try and go up if they can or to get two up. Or I don't think they'll go back. But what I think they might do, if they haven't fully settled on a QB and Easton's on the board around pick 31, pick 32, Tampa would be my my sleeper to trade back into the first round. Almost what Baltimore did with Lamar, with Lamar Jackson to get the extra year on someone like Jacob Eason and take a chance on him because he looks like an Arians quarterback if I've ever seen one. Big arm, big plays, no risk it, no biscuit. He's going to throw a load of turnovers early in his career, but if you coach those out of him early, could be exciting. They've already got that guy in Jameis Winston, so you can get this <laughs> kid for nothing. Yeah, but you got to have Mark 2.0, right? Anyway, too much fucking yeah. ears talk for... <laughs> oh, you know, it's natural. It's organic. It went there. It always does. But that's, the, that's, that's what happens, right? These are all my consuming thoughts for the next two months. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll hear more of it. I'm sure. I'm oh, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Brian, obviously, redraft, not such a great year. What about DFS? How did that go for you? Well, I learned in DFS, and you've seen all these crazy stories of the, the guy and his girlfriend or whatever putting in 300 entries. And, to me, it's all about game selection. And we were preaching that on their website and the, the DFS podcast I did. It was called Eat the Chalk. You can find it in the App Store uh, if you want to find it. But they do like uh, NASCAR stuff right now. Uh, that's what they're into, NASCAR and golf. But we were a cash game show because we wanted to be the cash game show for the average guy who was going to play those 5 and $10 double ups. And they just want to have a little fun on the weekend and play cash and maybe, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to sprinkle in $25 and let's see if I can you know, double that return. And that's kind of where I, I live and I play. I don't want to try to risk, you know, $25 in a mass entry tournament. Like I've got two small children. I'm not putting half a, you know, their college fund into one <laughs> slate of DFS. So I'm a, I'm a cash game guy. I do fine. I never really put even, I, I'll, I'll spend a whole week doing these DFS sheets for the website and then it gets to Sunday and I don't even put lineups in because I'm just so sick of looking at it. And then it comes out like, Oh man, I would have done really well that week. But uh, yeah, I'm just a cash game guy. You know, if I win, you know, 30, 40 bucks on a weekend, that's awesome. That'll do me. I love that. I'll be pretty happy with that return. Normally yeah. it, goes, it goes the other way for me. I sort of throw five <laughs> bucks in and then never see the end of it. Like never see it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> see ya. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't do it at all. Uh, just, I, don't, I don't know why I do. I yeah. just, <laughs> I just think it's a completely different skill. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. during the season, my mindset is all about winning championships and delivering content that I can't take my head to DFS. Because if I put my head there, it's not on my my teams that I invest so much time in yeah, 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 during the season and the content. I just can't put myself in a headspace because people think the games are the same, but they're completely different. Mm-hmm. That's why poker players love DFS because it is about strategy. It's about odds. It's, um, numbers it's moving away from markets it's about looking at where people are investing and, and getting a slight edge so if you know 60 percent of people are getting christian mccaffrey how do you beat christian mccaffrey well you do it a combination of two players and that's the thing mm-hmm. it's just too much it's a great game like i love the idea of the game but if it was held a different part of the year <laughs> i'd be more interested it is it's called fantasy baseball <laughs> yeah but that is that's something i can't get my head around for dfs yeah, no. <laughs> especially when it's a 162 game season, it it kind of loses its meaning on a on a Wednesday night in game, if, game 83 of the season. Especially if you're 30 games in and you've not made a dime. Well, yeah, I mean, each team wins and loses 60 games, right? It's what happens with the 
remainder. Yeah, I suppose. So, Brian, everyone had some takes for 2019. What was your greatest fantasy football take? All right. So, yeah, my biggest thing was I was the huge Damian Williams mark early in the season. I loved him, and I would tell Dwayne up and down that I was a Damian Williams guy, not because he's super talent, but because of that offense and his role in the offense. I didn't care about LaShawn McCoy, and I actually called McCoy to the Chiefs earlier in the season. I said, you know, he's going to get cut and he's going to end up going to Kansas City. But I was a big Damian Williams guy. At the end of the season, you saw what he was capable of doing. Obviously, as a full season, it didn't really work out. So uh, I'm still going to call that a win because he did what I said he was going to do. He was going to be a productive player in that offense. You know, there was some stuff I probably missed on. I was, I'm never high on running backs who don't catch the football. So you're never going to see me go out and really get excited about Derrick Henry. Um, I, I want McCaffrey, obviously, who doesn't? But I want those guys, Miles Sanders, who's going to catch the football and give me a, a nice, safe floor because they're going to catch three or four balls that week. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm going. I was kind of higher on Miles Sanders than most being an Eagles fan, and I took him early in that draft in Canton, Ohio. Uh, and at the end of the year, you saw he was – you know, on fire and he was legit. And now next year, you're going to see this hype train for Miles Sanders. I already started listening to guys today out there in the industry and, and they're in love with Sanders and you know, the second, third, you know, end of first, second round, Miles Sanders. To me, that's a little too high because I know the way the Eagles run their offense, but you know, the hype train will be there on Sanders. Yeah. And he, I think he's got a good chance of being really high finish next year. Fantasy wise. I just, I think with the, uh, with the fact that Jordan Howard is not going to be there, right? But... We don't know that. Um, you know, they could bring Howard back. And as Dwayne will say this all the time, it's not in Doug Peterson's DNA to play one running back. And as even as much as Sanders was great when they had to play Boston Scott and get him in the mix, he produced really well. Mm. And they only had two running backs at the end of the season because Jordan Howard was so banged up. So I think they're either going to draft a kid or – they're going to want a big physical back because they don't want Sanders handling that many grinded out carries throughout the season. So, uh, and that could bring down his goal line attempts, uh, you know, and just overall take touches off of him, but he needs to be more impactful with the few that he does get. And that's going to, what's going to return value for you in fantasy football. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, it's fascinating the landscape out there. I just want to change steer ever so quickly to look at, you mentioned Sanders looking at rookies. So which of the rookies last season, you know, do you think is really going to kick on? Is it going to be Miles Sanders? Do you think maybe some of the wide receivers that could potentially really break out into a top, top 12, top 15 player in their position this season? Jeez, it, this game evolves so fast. You have to think back and go, who the hell are the rookies from last year? Because <laughs> now you're all focused on CD Lamb and Jerry <laughs> Judy and all the guys for this year. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of what's his name, Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. Now that's tough to say. I, I still call the Raider, the Chargers, San Diego. Uh, forget LA. You know, and I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm gonna stumble over the Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I like Jacobs. I think he's gonna be really good. Um, they need to involve him a little more in the pass game. Uh, I like him a lot. I think Sanders is gonna be fine. Uh, you know, and I think some of the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, can evolve and people love to get onto the new shiny thing and they just forget about the guy that we loved a year ago. You know, they would go, Hey, whatever happened to this guy? And, you know, we'll see if AJ Brown can develop a little more. And, 
be more consistent in an offense that really doesn't want to throw the football. So it's exciting. I mean, these offenses are just evolving so much into a, a pass happy environment that it's like, man, can we get stability out of anyone? Because as we saw the wide receivers this year, it's just spread around everybody. It, unless you're Michael Thomas, everybody's getting the ball. So you could say, ah, this guy really didn't do much, but in the context of his team and playing football, maybe they were great. Uh, you know, except for JJ Arthago Whiteside, who was pure trash for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. I that one that puzzles me. Yeah. I don't understand. Oh. I was so high on him coming in. I was taking him second round rookie picks, thinking like, yeah, this guy's gonna go off. He might sit this year behind Jackson, he might get a little sprinkle, and then like it all opened up for him. I was thinking this is going to be the best second round rookie pick I've ever picked up in Giants League, and just like it just wasn't there. I mean, Josh McCarron was more likely to catch more balls <laughs> for Carson Wentz than JJ at one point. You're, when you're a second round pick and you are getting passed on the depth chart by street free agents, that's a problem, and that's what happened with our Sega Whiteside at the end of the season. I mean, Greg Ward became their number one wide receiver he was a quarterback in college and they cut him 11 times you know but uh i hope the kid can turn it around but if you're not explosive and he's not then it's tough to win in the nfl and you'll see that this coming month or so when we start talking about draft prospects and you'll hear the terms like you know physical wins with his body you know doesn't separate but as soon as you hear that but get out on that guy because <laughs> you're not Anquan Bolden. If you can't separate now in the NFL, you're done. The game's all about speed. It's all about Tyreek Hill and, you know, Watkins and Hardman. And look at that offense they had with Demarcus Robinson. It's about speed. It's not about lumbering six, eight guys who can make contested catches in the end zone. Like, no, I want a guy that can blow by, you know, a safety and catch a 60 yard bomb. That's the NFL today. Bring your track team, right? Yeah. No. No, we've spent far too long looking for the next Deshaun Watson that now is looking for the next Tyreek Hill. But John John Ross is going to be good. Brilliant. Let John Ross, yeah. <laughs> Listen, they're more likely to be John Ross or Marquise Goodman or Ted Ginn than it's Tyreek Hill, which is why I said to you, I came into the studio earlier, a little insight. I said, I am all out on rugs. I do not want him anywhere near my teams in 2020 because I can't help but feel he is the next Marquise Goodwin. He can fly. And yeah. What I mean is when you look at these receivers is you don't want someone – you can be big and run, and there's a lot of these guys who can. You don't want someone who their whole game is just, I'm a physical receiver because now you're not separating, and these corners in the NFL are, are really good. And if you can't get off the ball – how are you helping your team? Because these pass rushes are better than ever. And if you're not winning at the line of scrimmage, you're not going to get the ball thrown to you. And here's an interesting thing. I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this. Look at running backs just as a position. They're not getting necessarily paid as they'd want to. Their careers are shorter than ever. Nobody wants to be a running back these days. So in high school and college when all these kids are coming up, they're saying to hell with that. I'm going to go be a wide receiver. I'm going to get that, uh, you know, Michael Thomas contract, that Julio Jones contract. And you see it now year after year, these freak wide receivers that come out because that's where the best athletes are playing. It's no longer the running back 
that in a, the eighties and nineties, you know, the coach is sticking the ball in that kid's belly and saying, all right, you know, go win us a football game. Now they're putting them on the outside and throwing screens to them. Yeah. And that's something the CBA is going to need to address. And yeah. we've said it on here before that CBA needs to be reflective of rookie running back contracts because so few players get a second deal. Yeah, and I then, agree. And then you get these guys who get a deal, Gurley, Johnson, right? Zeke, I'm going to sort of park away from that. Um, He's the outlier. Well, I wouldn't even say and, the and outlier, but he hasn't had long enough on that contract to judge. Yeah. But these guys are getting paid uh, big money. I'm thinking of the, the Texans. Lamar Miller's another one who got a big contract. And these guys don't end up making their value and mm-hmm. then get effectively cut or discarded because they can't live up to a high-value contract because it's just so easy to get another guy and draft one for pennies on, on the dollar. And Absolutely. The CBA needs to find a way to make the running back position attractive again for people to play, like you're saying, because if, if we don't have those stars, I mean, I, I when I got into the game, you know, the Damien Tomlinson and Priest Holmes were two of the most explosive athletes that you could watch on Sunday. They wrote more headlines than any quarterback in the league at that time. And, I feel like that we're moving away from that kind of Todd Gurley's one that's been talked about MVP. We had Adrian Peterson in 2012, but I don't feel like as much as we recognize there's good talent at the running back position, I can't help but feel that there would be better if there was a way to compensate these mm-hmm. players just for all the physical abuse they go through for the, the money that they pay. You know, most mm-hmm. of these guys earn three to $7 million in their careers then get cast aside. And when you work out the medical bills and uh, housing the family and all of that malarkey, that money goes quick. And these guys have to go and find another job. And some of them end up in TV or radio and some of them build some sort of brand and do something, but that's a small percentage. Mm. These guys need to get a good, a good amount of money early in their career. And if they stop at 27, then at least they can have the freedom to do what they want to do. Whereas a wide receiver can play in the NFL for, for 10 years, for 12 years. A quarterback plays for 15 years almost if they yeah. remain injury-free. The other position that needs to be looked at as well is is tackles, both offensive and defensive. They're the same ones that get that same physical level of abuse. Don't I mean, they're starting to get recognized with the kind of money now, but that's only the elite ones. It's another position needs to be looked at in the mm-hmm. CBA. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's a real interesting CBA ahead. What are your thoughts on CBA, Brian? Do you think it's going to extend to 17 games? The way it always works with these contracts is whatever the owners and the TV networks want, that's what's going to happen. The players are so poorly represented by their union uh, because, frankly, most of them don't give a damn. They just, they're worried about getting paid today. They're not as worried about the guys coming into the league who are going to be taking their jobs. Um, you know, They should be more worried about veteran pay and, and benefits and all that, but you know, they're going to extend the season. It's going to be a 17-game season, so everybody plays internationally. Uh, that's going to happen because the owners want it. And if they add another bye week, great. You know, that'll be the concession. Hey, we're giving you another bye week. But you got to prorate all these contracts now for 17-game seasons. And there's just so much money coming in. And then TV deals get reworked, and they're going to have a new, you know, when Sunday ticket comes around, and I'm sure that's going to become even more easy for people to get on apps and phones and whatever. There's just money 
coming out of our ears in the NFL. So whatever the owners want, trust me, that's what they're going to get. If they say we want to play a game on Mars, the owner, the, the players will him and haw for 10 minutes and they'll be on the next spaceship ready to go. <laughs> so Brian, I have two final questions. And my first one is, would you like to come back to talk about some 2020 rookie prospects with us? Yeah, I got to find out more about him, man. I'm, I, what I do is I like to find super smart guys like Matt Waldman, who puts out the rookie scouting portfolio. Uh, and then kind of pick their brain and read their work because I'm not a film guy. I'm not a data guy. I, I'm a talking guy. So I like to find guys who are really smart about certain things and, and bring them into the fold. But yeah, once I get more immersed into the class, yeah, I definitely would like to talk about some of these guys because I think, man, it's going to be a deep wide receiver class and it's not necessarily always the first guy picked as we saw, you know, this year when DK Metcalf went, later in the second round and he could be the most impactful of all the wide receivers taken this past year yeah i agree i agree so once you've picked their brains you can come back and we'll pick yours <laughs> yes let me actually find out who the hell's going to get drafted first love that love that and then my final question brian is it's a little early but can you give us a 2020 spicy hot take oh man uh yeah i actually wrote a few of these down of like guys that i'm really into um just a few of them here i really like daniel jones in 2020 and it stinks because I wrote it down last night and then I was listening to my guy Sigmund Bloom on a show and he has said the same thing. So now it looks like I'm stealing Sig's idea. But no, I, I like Jones. I love his upside. He gets things done with his feet. You could probably get him later in drafts as your QB two, and he could put up really solid top 12 numbers because they're going to throw the ball all over the field. Uh, the defense is still kind of shaky. He's got really good weapons. So I like Daniel Jones to be a top 12 quarterback. I think Michael Gallup could have a great year. Let's see if Amari leaves. Uh, Juju, I think people are going to be really down on him. You could probably get him cheaper than most uh, other years uh, because Ben's going to be coming back. And now they have you know Deontay Johnson and, and Washington there in, in Pittsburgh. But I still like Juju. And Ian Thomas. Now there's no Greg Olson. So Ian Thomas could be a sneaky top 12 tight end in Carolina that you can get for a song because there's going to be zero hype about him. Uh, in the off season uh, until people start listening to shows like this. So those are some guys I like in 2020. Uh, I I'm completely all in with you on, on Daniel Jones. As I said, on, mm-hmm. on Tuesday, I, I was looking at the uh, players from 2019 who had 25 points plus in fantasy games uh, last season. And he had four of them in 12 games, mm-hmm. which to equate was the same number as Patrick Mahomes, Kyla Murray, Russell Wilson, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, and ironically Aaron Rodgers, who's someone I'm down on uh, for other reasons. Mm-hmm. But if if he can eradicate some of the uh, minus 16 games, which is naturally going to happen when a rookie gets better and more comfortable in an offense, I think he's nailed on for top 10 next yeah. year. You look at some of his attempts, mm. you know, from week eight on, 41, 41, 40. Uh, 36, 37. Then Eli played two weeks. Then he came back 42 and 47 attempts. That's a ton of work. And plus he's running the football. So yeah, I'll, I'll take a guy who's putting it up 40 times a week and is going to run for 50 yards, 60 yards. Give me a free touchdown essentially. And also he was a massive outlier because he didn't have any games between 24.9. Well, he had one game all season that was between 24.9 points and 16 points. So he was either incredible 
or Mm -hmm. or terrible. And that just, Mm -hmm. that's not sustainable. There will be some that will revert back to the mean and it's more likely going to be those bad games will be not so bad games. Sure. They'll figure it out more. Yeah, his upside might not go much more. Those plus 25 games might stick at four or five, but those, you know, six, seven, below 16 games might be like two, three, and more will revert to the mean. And that will take him from 22 to, to 10 very, very quickly. Could you make the argument that Daniel Jones has better weapons around him than, let's say, Aaron Rodgers? Oh. Rodgers has the 1A, and he's got Aaron Jones. But, you know, Daniel Jones has Barkley. He's got Slayton. He's got Shepard. He's got Evan Ingram. Uh, I don't know what Tate's contract is, but, I mean, he's got some legit weapons and a horrible defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. So 2020, the year of – Daniel Jones, unfortunately for this Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, James Winston finished number four and they didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, they could improve to six, seven wins. He could be a top 10 fantasy QB and you can still win the division. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking at Winston's stats here. He's, you know, he's three or so on this, depending on, you know, him and Will Wilson were very close. I think that's where fantasy guys kind of, lose sight of the big pictures they go you look at a guy like Jameis and you go like oh well he was great because you know he had such great fantasy numbers but I was a football fan before I was a fantasy guy so to me like wins matter mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole it's all about points thing which you know, <laughs> don't say anything bad about Josh Allen my god the Bills Mafia will come for you with pitchforks I we, know look we're big Josh Allen fans we love the boy Oh, I'm here in upstate New York, and we kind of bashed him a couple of times. Not bashed him, just said kind of the truth about him. You know, that he's, you know, he came into the year, he was inaccurate. He he worked on that, and he was better this year. And he's kind of a, you know, he's a project. He He's not a finished product at all. And people lost their minds. They're like, look at his stats versus Carson Wentz and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, slow down. <laughs> I'd argue he's got the biggest heart of any any QB in the NFL right now. Yes, and that, that scores a lot of points. Yeah. That, that we had that here in Syracuse is the college team, and there's this kid, Eric Dungy, who's now playing XFL ball. Yeah. And they had their best season ever, you know, in years uh, with Dungy playing quarterback, and the, the town loves him. And I just go on and on, and I go, he sucks. He's a running, <laughs> he is a running back that plays quarterback. People will fight me till their death about this because, oh my God, he had such heart and he played hurt and he ran through the brick wall for the team. And I'm like, he couldn't throw a ball from here to, you know, the old lady across the street. Like, you know, the balls are all over the place. Thank God he was throwing three yard screens to running backs. (laughs) But, you know, people, they just look blind devotion. Hey, they won 10 games. Well, congratulations. The next year you want four. Well, Brian, considering you are well and truly on top of your soapbox right now, why don't you let Rush Nation know where they can find you, your <laughs> podcast, and your work? Yeah, come check us out on Twitter. I am at Drake Fantasy. The show is at FF Hustle. It's the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast. Check us out iTunes or Google Play or the eight zillion places you can find podcasts these days. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Just search Fantasy Football Hustle. Uh, if you go on Twitch or Instagram, it is at FF Hustle. Uh, so we're everywhere. You'll find us. Trust me. Dwayne and I are all over the place. And of course, follow Dwayne. And thousands of you already are, of course, uh, at Dwayne McFarland, D W A I N 
McFarland, M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-D. I have a board in front of me my wife made at school. She's a teacher that says that just to make sure I spell it out correctly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thanks so much, guys. Uh, We're going to be kicking off 2020 on The Hustle tonight, talking free agency. So uh, man, it's after a short break, we're back at it. It's going to be quite a summer. And before you know it, we'll be doing mock drafts and getting ready to get 2020 underway. Hey, man, this will be a long time coming. Can't wait to have you on. We'll try and get you on April before the draft. Talk to rookie prospects. We can go through some of our learnings in 2019. Uh, and we can finally debate where Winston's going to be in 2020 as well. <laughs> we'll know by then. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. It was a great time. Oh, Dwayne. Uh, not Dwayne. Oh, You've just been mentioning oh, his Oh, Jesus. That's it. Oh, no, sorry. Dwayne just popped up in my mentions. He said, I can't wait for Brian's show. <laughs> Brian, I apologize. I am so sorry. We were no pro- My wife wants to come over to London. I had a Beatles-themed wedding. Her and her father are insanely huge Beatles fans. Every table was a different Beatles song or album or whatever. And Actually, there's a Beatles... I don't know. There's something hanging over here in the corner. But uh, <laughs> I, I told my father-in-law that I was going to be on the, the largest fantasy podcast in the UK. And it's a very cool thing because he's such an enormous Beatles fan. She wants to come do the whole tour, Abbey Road and see the studio and all that stuff. Well, let me share a little fact with you that you can share with them. So uh, I'm sure that they've seen the Abbey Road album Mm -hmm. cover. Sure. In the background of them on the crossing is a white Volkswagen Beetle. Uh Uh-huh. It's cream colored. That's my dad's car. Well, it was. No, no way. Yep. That's it was just there? Car. He was there. So my uh, dad used to work in the uh, industry. He did uh, security. I'll share some pictures with you. Um, no he way. Actually, that is so cool. Yeah, he did the security <laughs> for uh, Paul McCartney and Linda's wedding. Um, so they got married at Marlebone Registry Office. There were eight people in attendance. My dad was there. Hey, look at you. That's so, so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is years before I was born. So, uh, but yeah, so you can tell him that you spoke, not just was on an English podcast, but you spoke to somebody whose father's car is in the album cover. Awesome. And I will pass that along and uh, I'll tell her about that. She's probably coming up. My kids are getting ready to get off the bus any minute now. So I'm sure my wife will be walking in. And my kids sometimes will run into the podcast and say hello to everybody. But, yeah. <laughs> Love that. And yeah, if you do come over, look us up. Um, I work in the city. can uh, help you navigate, get around, and we'll definitely hook up, do some beers, whatever. We've got Sounds you. good, guys. Thanks so much. Ah, pleasure. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate your time. Rush Nation, don't forget, head over to NFL Europe. Get on the shop there. Use the code 5YardRush for 10% off your purchase. Now, this has been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Really enjoyed this. Long time coming. Glad Drake came on and we can uh, can't wait to have him back on. Yeah, for sure. Brian's going to be back. We'll be back next week, Rush Nation. But as always, don't forget to keep rushing. And the kick is... We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. 
Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.